Hey everybody, welcome to the Muscle Intelligence Podcast. I'm your host, Ben Pukulski. As always, framing this podcast around living your life in a body that you absolutely love. That's no small task. There's a lot of stuff that goes into that. Today, we're going to take a little bit of a lateral shift, but I think it's very, very relevant. And I intentionally sought out a conversation with this guy because he's incredibly insightful. So I had the incredible opportunity to fly out to Austin, Texas last week and connect with a number of different amazing, amazing humans, hopefully most of which will get on the podcast uh, one of which has already been on the podcast, Dr. Dan Stickler, uh, his significant other, Mike Hamilton, both been on the podcast in the past. But t- today's guest is a world-renowned expert for helping fitness professionals scale their business. So if you're someone who's in the fitness industry, whether you're trying to be a coach, whether you are a coach, whether you're a gym owner, or in any way in the sales industry, this is ultimately selling some service. Today's podcast is going to be very interesting to you. And Alex Hermosi joins me today to talk about his incredibly brilliant perspective on helping push people over the edge who are indecisive about your service. Ultimately, um, if you're doing something good and you know you have the best intentions, it's still going to take great ability to persuade. And I know some people have a negative connotation around persuasion, but the reality is most people are indecisive. You know, you walk into Starbucks and you can't decide what to drink. You can't decide what to have for dinner. And then when it comes to making an investment in your body, maybe you don't place that much value on it, or maybe you don't understand the tremendous benefit it could have in your life. So Alex and I have this amazing dialogue about how we can use our skills to help people change their life. And then he's going to teach you this amazing strategy and action plan ultimately on how to sell people on your service. And Alex is an absolute wizard. And he's looked at this every way, upside down, inside out. And um, it's a pretty complete conversation. Alex literally runs you through um, what I think will be something that will be a complete game changer for all exercise professionals. So whether you're a coach, a trainer, a gym owner, you're gonna wanna listen up. You're gonna wanna take notes uh, because it's, it's a lot. Um, and he literally walks you through an entire system of how to do this. You could also go, and I highly suggest you do this anyways, go get his book, Jim Launch Secrets. He's got another book that he's he's written that I'm reading that's mind-blowing. So Alex is an incredible author and incredible contributor to the fitness industry in this hard time. I know a lot of us are struggling with getting clients through the door. So if that's something you're interested in, this is going to be something you're going to want to pay attention to. Today's podcast is brought to you by... Real mushrooms, my favorite source for the highest quality mushrooms. So here's the reality. Not all mushrooms are created the same. Not all mushroom products are created the same. What you're buying on the stores, uh, store shelves as mushrooms has been shown to not always be mushrooms. And this is hugely jading to me, right? This is, this is disorienting to me. I don't like to hear this stuff. There's a, there's a, segment of the market that is allowed to grow mushrooms on mycelium where mushrooms normally grow. What they use as mycelium is oats and grains. Typical, great. But now the government in the U.S. has actually allowed these people to package mycelium as grain and oat as mushrooms. So a significant percentage, and we don't know what, but a significant percentage of the mushroom weight that you could be purchasing could actually be mycelium and not the active mushroom. That's a big issue. As soon as I heard that, I started looking for better solutions. I started looking for better sources and I found one. I found realmushrooms.com. A great friend of mine, Sky Chilton, and his dad, Paul Chilton, a future guest in the podcast, talked to us about all of the amazing grow um, opportunities and how to grow the highest quality mushrooms. And uh, that they are implementing all of these growth practices to allow us to ultimately have the greatest quality mushrooms. 
and they're hooking you up 30% off. Nobody gives 30% off. I'm so grateful for that. And they literally have the highest quality mushrooms. I add them into my intelligence coffee every morning. As you guys have heard me talk about this before, I'm doing about five grams right now, uh, and sometimes even twice a day, which is a very high dose. But ultimately, when you're getting it at a 30% discount, it makes it more reasonable. So five grams for me is a significant upgrade to my ability to think, process, remember. I feel like my brain is healing. I've had some traumatic stuff to my brain when I was a kid. I think my brain is healing. Anyways, without further rambling from me, head over to uh, realmushrooms.com slash Ben, and you can use the code Ben to get 20%, sorry, 30% off your first order and 20% off subsequent ones. Do it because it's going to be great for you. You're going to love it. And you're going to thank me later. Enjoy the podcast with Alex Formosi. Listen all the way to the end because we have some really great stuff coming at you. I believe that coaching begins with sale, right? If you consider yourself a good coach, in my opinion, then getting someone bought in on the process is just as, if not more important than the process itself. And you can track how well or how long a client stays and how well they do based on the conversations and the expectations that are set before they say yes. And so from first contact, they're already making a decision of whether or not you are good at what you do. And so there are, I've noticed this, there's a lot of really good coaches who are really bad at business. Actually, vast majority of really good coaches are really bad at yeah. business. Um, yeah. The really good guys at business are not very good coaches. And so it's kind of this, if you can nail both, then you become unstoppable. Um, but anyways, with the, with the persuasion piece, the thing that people say yes to is not typically the thing that keeps them staying. And so that's one of the biggest things that um, just I think in the fitness industry, we mess up is that um, I use the analogy selling the plane flight instead of the vacation, right? And so what ends up happening, especially when you've got a coach who's really knowledgeable, right? Um, they know so much that they just want to like talk about the things that they like and forget that the people who are listening, A, don't care and B, can't even don't have context to understand the words they're saying anyways, right? It's like some high level marketer talking about the rates and conversion rates and open rates and, and, and optimizations and like, you know, decreasing page load times and pixels and like retargeting, like all this, like somebody's like, I have no idea what you're saying. Can you just tell me how to get more clients. And so to the same degree, they're saying like, I just, can you just make me look like this? Like that's, that's what I want. Right. And that's really what we're selling. And so the selling is the, the island, right? It's Maui. It's the vacation. It's not the, how we get there. It's not the workouts, the periodization, counting your macros, the weighing, the, the pictures, the progress probes, the, the check-ins, like all of that stuff is stuff that sounds like work, right? Now, that being said, you do need to set expectations of what's required of the clients that they're not in shock once they get into your program. But it should be more them understanding that these are the types of commitments they need to make rather than the first week we're going to do this. And then and the second phase of our hypertrophy mesocycle is going to be this. And here's where we're going to start doing daily undulating periodization. And like the thing is, is like they totally gloss over and don't care and it sounds hard. Um, and so I use the story... Um, of the ham and the, and I think I told you this when, we, when you're, yeah. the house, I'll say yeah. it again, at least my community value it, um, is the ham and the garlic. And, um, the more I'll, I'll walk through the story in 60 seconds. So little boy just gets a dog from his dad, super excited, wants to make his dad proud, show him that he's responsible and can take care of the dog. Dad leaves for work. Kids playing with the dog sees that there's ticks on the dog. 
kid freaks out. He's like, oh my God, my dad's going to think I'm not responsible. Like I'm going to be a failure. This is horrible. So he goes to his grandmother who's taking care of him at home. He says, grandmother, what do I do? Uh, the dog's got ticks. And she says, go give him some garlic. You know, he'll eat the garlic and, and the ticks will go. He's like, okay. So he goes with garlic, goes, tries to give the, the dog the garlic and the dog, you know, moves his nose away. He doesn't, moves his head away. He doesn't want to eat the, the, the garlic. Right. And so he goes back, to, the kid goes back to his grandmother and he's like, grandmother, this isn't working. And she says, Mijo, you have to wrap it in ham first and then give it to the dog. And he's like, oh. So he wraps it in ham and goes back to the dog. Dog eats it. You know, a couple minutes later, you know, starts the, the smell of the garlic, then words the ticks off and the ticks start crawling up the wall. The kid's excited. The dog's fine. Dad comes home. Everyone lives happily ever after. The moral of the story is that you give people what they want in order to give them what they need. And so we have this, I think, especially as coaches, it's kind of moral superiority or this feeling that like we, we know so much more and these, these muggles don't understand the true, the pure fitness that we're, or knowledge we're dropping on them. Um, when in reality, it doesn't matter and they don't care. And what we do need to do is give them the ham so that over time, once we earn their trust, then we can give them the garlic. And at that point, they will have ears that will be ready to listen. And then we can really change their life. But it really takes that first step. The thing is, it's it's so widely different in terms of the skill of persuasion compared to the skill of programming and uh, and, and being the practitioner, right? Sure. That really difficult, right? And I'm sure you, when you're teaching your coaches, there's the there's the programmatic side, which is the the numbers and the cycles, right? But then there's the getting people to do it side, which is the total psychology side. And I think that's usually the side that really good coaches aren't as good at. And that's usually the side that if done properly can actually make an amazing persuader because you're coming from a place of pure empathy and understanding uh, and meeting the client where they're at. I always say, yeah, I always say to coaches, like you have to care. And when you actually care about getting some results, you're going to seek a solution. And then it becomes so much more realistic for them to actually attain results. Because if I, if I care about you putting on 30 pounds of muscle, really losing 30 pounds of fat, I'm going to find a solution. And I actually empathize, as you say, with like, I actually want this person to get results and whatever it takes, we're going to do it. One of the things when we're talking about monetization and, and making offers to get people to say yes, I think it's understanding what people truly want. Right. And so obviously they want the vacation, they want Maui. But the next thing that we have to resolve is their biggest concern, which is that they're going to fail. Right. That's the biggest concern is that like, I'm sure it works, but I can't do it or it will not work for me. Right. And so the the trump card, especially in an online setting, um, it works, it's actually the same for in person as online, um, is that people pay for people to pay attention. Right. That is what they they're literally paying for attention pay for you to pay attention. They're buying it from you. And it's, it's you know, for lack of a better term, it's they're, they give a fuck, right? They just want, they're paying you to give a fuck. <laughs> and so we have always used accountability as our number one selling point for any program that we have. Because if you sell on the fact that you are always going to be there to make adjustments and allow them to mess up and personalize it along the way, it's typically far more effective because then they're, their perception of their likelihood of achievement, remember the value equation, uh, which I can hit on, um, goes through the roof. And by extension, they they become more persuaded and believe that they can actually achieve it, which is the first step to them actually achieving it anyways. What is the value equation? So the value equations, um, 
a big picture question that I put together, uh, probably I put it two, two years ago to, to, to mentally think through how you can raise prices. That was, that was the, the thought process that kind of started it. Um, and it's just, there's four variables to the value equation. There's two on the top of the equation that increase what someone thinks is valuable. And the second part of the equation is the two numbers below. If it was a fraction, right? There's two on the top, two on the bottom. Um, and these are the things that are the costs, right? Associated with any kind of um, intervention, anything, any purchase, any service uh, that someone's buying is going to have those four variables, right? And so the first variable is the dream outcome is how compelling, how important um, is the solution or the dream outcome that the person's trying to achieve, right? If I say I can help you make hundred thousand dollars a year, Compared to, I can help you lose the last 10 pounds. Most people will value $100,000 a year more than 10 pounds, which is why some categories in general make more money than others. Bankers, you know, investment bankers and financiers in general make people make more money than, than weight loss coaches because they provide a, a skill that is, is deemed as more valuable by the marketplace, right? So the, the, the actual outcome itself is one of the four factors of value. That being said, there's, there's rich women who, who spend $25,000 on, uh, on tummy tucks. So like right. from a, from a, achieving the outcome, I'm not saying the vehicle we're going to use, but just the outcome itself, there are definitely a huge spectrum there. And the spectrum between a $5 ebook on stubborn fat and uh, a tummy tuck, which both achieve the same outcome in the prospect's mind, comes down to the other three variables. So the second piece on the top side of the equation that increases how much someone's going to pay is their perceived likelihood of achievement. It's what the prospect believes is likely that they're going to achieve. Many people buy things with a low perceived likelihood of achievement, like a $5 ebook. On some level, they probably don't really think it's going to help them there, but like they're like, maybe I'll get something from it, right? Whereas if you've been to a surgeon, they're probably far more likely to believe uh, that they're going to achieve the outcome. To further dial this in to show the difference, if I had a plastic surgeon and you were going to get, let's say, a, a facelift, just for example's sake, would you go to the surgeon that has never done this before, done 10 surgeries, or would you go to the surgeons on 10,000 surgeries? Well, 10,000 surgeries, right? And what's funny about that is it probably takes the guy who does 10,000 surgeries less time than the first guy. So it's not a question of how much time it takes, right? And on top of that, that guy probably charges more than the guy who's on his 10th surgery. So it takes him less time and he's charging more, but people are way more willing to buy that. Why? Because they because their their perceived likelihood that they're going to get the result they want is, is much higher. And so that's the second factor of value, which ultimately will dictate the price. Now, the things that are on the bottom side of the equation are the are the costs that go to the prospect. And transparently, when I started my, you know, like marketing and sales career a decade ago, I focused most of my time on the top side of the equation. I wanted to focus on crazy promises, tons of testimonials. That was that was the, basically almost all that I marketed. It's just those two things, right? Over time, when I started looking at the biggest companies in the world, most valuable companies in the world, I realized that they focused almost all of their attention on the bottom side of the equation, which was decreasing the cost of the consumer, making things seamless, making things effortless. And so the two variables on the bottom, first variable um, is time delay. And so that's the delay between when you make a purchase and where you're going to achieve the outcome, right? So in fitness, for example, like someone might buy today, but they're not getting a six pack today. They're, they're going to begin the process that might take two years to get that six pack, right? So there's a huge time delay. Right. 
The second component of time, so this is like subset B of time, is uh, the kind of instant gratification things that happen sooner. So we, these are like activation moments. That's when someone loses a pant size. They haven't achieved their goal, uh, but they're, they're making progress or they just have more energy or they sleep better or they have a better sex drive or whatever it is, right? Those are all things that happen, but they're, they're on the way to the ultimate goal. They're not the, the main thing. So time delay. Uh, is going to decrease the value. It takes two years versus taking three months, like a tummy tuck would if you had recovery and everything. People are more willing to do that. And the last of the four variables, um, which kind of leads natural to it, is the effort and sacrifice. And so that's the actual effort that a prospect has to do on their side to create the outcome. And so in the fitness example, that would be, you know, waking up at 4 a.m., not eating the foods that you like, not drinking, not being social, being sore, feeling awkward, feeling embarrassed that you don't know what you're doing, throwing up, being nauseous, um, you know, having to buy, like, uh, buy new clothes. Like, all of these things are ne- meal prepping, cooking new food, buying groceries differently than you're used to buying them, you know, having your, your family not uh, support you. All of those things would be effort and sacrifices that someone has to do. And so when you think about those four variables together, it's no wonder that when you're selling fitness, no one buys $3,000 packages online, or it's very, very rare for them to do that. And the only time they do that is when the other three variables are jacked through the roof, right? People will come and buy your muscle camps because of how, how ridiculous their perceived likelihood of achievement is, how, how valuable you've established you, who you are, the fact they can do it in a short period of time, right? And so like now the perceived value is definitely higher. Um, for those people, but that's because you also have an enormous, a much bigger audience than a lot of the coaches too, because you can skim the top 0.1%, whereas a lot of them don't even have that size of an audience. Um, but anyway, back to the example, the, the reason that no one buys a $3,000 fitness package online and instead has to sit with someone on the phone and arm wrestle them for an hour, you know, to get Susie to, to, to pull her card out um, is, is because all of those variables except for the dream outcome are stacked against us so they do want the bikini that's for sure that's valuable but perceived likelihood of achievement there's a million reasons they think they're not going to succeed because they failed so many times in the past why is the time going to be different in terms of time it's going to take forever and even then it's going to take some more time and then in terms of effort and sacrifice they have to give up everything that they know and love their lifestyle their way like everything in order to do that. And they have to do that for a very long time. And so because of that, we only have one of the four value variables on our side. And that's why you have to learn how to sell really well in order to get people to give you that kind of money, which is what they need to do. That's why it's difficult, right? Or more difficult than let's say buying something on Amazon, which you buy with one click and no salesman, because bottom of the equation, it's immediate. It's effortless. There's no, there's no, you don't even have to put your, your credit card in or your address. And that's why the big companies, Netflix, uh, uh, Uber, you know what I mean? Uh, all of them have just made it literally like you push a button and something happens, right? If we could push a button and people got thin, it would be amazing. We'd be able to sell that for zillions of dollars, but we're not there yet. And so, so, but when you think about value in that way for your own business, then it, I think it makes you think more creatively about the other part, the other variables that you can change to make the service more valuable and different. Love that, man. So there's so much value in that. I want to focus first on the, you know, the dream come true scenario, the dream outcome, right? So getting clarity on that in the fitness industry may not be easy. So what you said was there's these whole, this whole slew of, of pains we're going to overcome and then the ultimate dream come true. Let's just walk through your kind of your solution there. 
or your, your thought process as far as like how we start to define what, how we can maybe stack it in their brain as far as how, like, how do we know what their, what their dream vacation is or the dream come true scenario is? Um, how do we get clarity on that? And then how do we build the, the perceived value of that thing? Can we build the perceived value of that thing in their brain? Or is it just kind of fixed based on what they believe to, um, to exist? So we use an acronym called CLOSER, and that's how I've taught fitness professionals to sell for, I mean, even my own sales teams when I had my gyms, I mean, I've just used the same framework because it's simple and everyone understands it. Um, and I think it's it's going to answer the question in a kind of more comprehensive way, right? So the first thing we do is we have to clarify why someone's there, right? Because at the end of the day, you can't cure cancer. So you can't, you can't give someone a cure until they admit they have cancer, right? You have to, you have to get someone to admit that they have a problem. And that's where you get into the situation where as a, as a counter example, when someone gets on the phone, they're like, ah, you know, I was just poking around. I kind of want to see what your thing was all about. Right there. That's actually an obstacle that's coming up before you even got to the, trying to close them. Right. And that's where we ask more clarifying questions. So like, well, I'm assuming that you don't just hop on calls all day. There's probably something you're trying to achieve. Like what's the goal? What do you want to have happen? Right. And so we'd ask more clarifying questions. See closer. It's an acronym uh, until she's eventually like, or he's eventually like, you know, uh, I need to lose some weight. We're like, got it. So now we've, we've isolated something. And then L is the next one. So we label that the problem. So we ask these clarifying questions and then we repeat back to them so that we can really solidify this problem. So like, just so I understand, you're currently at X, you'd like to get to Y and you're not happy because you're not there. Am I understanding that right? Yes, right? Now we have agreement that they have a problem. Now we can start like walking down the path of finding the solution for them. But we're not going to start getting to the solution yet because they still don't trust us yet. So the next part of this is O, which is where we overview their past experiences. Now, this is important because when we're thinking about the perceived likelihood of achievement, when we're thinking about the time, effort, and sacrifice, we're going to need to know what they've done so we can know what their limiting beliefs are so that when we actually create our pitch, which is going to be the next step, we're going to cater to what they're giving us as ammunition. So we're going to overview their past experiences. And we use something called for a four-question pain cycle, which is, what have you done in the past? How'd that work for you? <laughs> um, how long did it work for you? Um, and what else have you done? Right. And so the reason that we always know this is that if the person's on the phone with you, inherently, you have the advantage because we already know they're dissatisfied. So we already know that what they've been doing up to this point is not working. Otherwise, they would just be in their happy marriage and not be here on the phone with us, right? I'm saying marriage is, you know, as a, as a yeah, yeah. Um, and so, I mean, I'll give you an example. I had a girl who came in. This is probably five years ago. She walked into my office and she was like, "Well, I already have a personal trainer." And I was like, well, "Then why aren't you with him right now?" She's like, "Well." She's like, well, I guess I haven't been achieving what I want. I'm like, okay, so you're not achieving the results you want. Well, what do you want? And then all of a sudden I could have the real conversation because I had to get her to admit that she wasn't happy with the thing that she had, right? Um, so anyways, reviewing the past experiences, I tried Weight Watchers, I tried shakes, I tried, you know, I tried cutting calories. It didn't work for me, right? Um, and the thing is, is that whenever they're going through this stuff, you cannot disagree with them because it's their subjective experience. And so you're like, I totally understand. That was probably really frustrating. And, and while you're doing this, you're not teaching anything. You're just listening. And so once you kind of soak up and extract every single painful experience they've had, then you're like, I really think I understand why this is so important to you. They're like, oh, okay. Now we've increased the urgency level and why it's more important to them. And we're like, okay, cool. So do you mind if I tell you a little about the program? And they're like, yes. And so now they've actually invited us to tell them about the program. And they're saying, well, let me just start talking at you. Because up to this point, we've literally only asked clarifying questions, labeled them with a problem that we believe we can solve, 
sucked out all the information of all their painful experiences so we understand the track record. And now when we begin our pitch, we're going to hit the same three things that we always hit, which is going to be fitness, nutrition, and accountability, right? Which virtually every coach in fitness is selling those three things. The difference is, is what we are selling within those buckets, right? That's a different, like fitness, nutrition, accountability happens for a personal trainer. It happens for a boot camp. It happens for an online coach. It's the same three things, right? It's just how we do it is different. So fitness wise, if you were at a gym, it'd be like, well, you're going to work out here with us, you know, four days a week. And like, and then this is where, as we're explaining it, we're going to say that, but then we're going to just decrease all of the costs, right? It's just like, so all you got to do is show up. All right. If you just, if you just get here, we'll take care of the rest. We'll, we'll set up your workouts. We'll exp- like, you're going to have a sheet that we're going to print out for you. And you just have to follow instructions. As long as you can read, you can do this. Cause we're going to be with you every step of the way. Does that make sense? My voice goes up. Yeah. Say yes. Awesome. So we've got one out of three down. Second's going to be nutrition, right? And so we're like, okay, listen, big picture. And when we go through each of these points, I find it useful to have stories uh, when someone seems like they're kind of not getting it. Right. Uh, because a lot of people don't understand anything and they're not very good listeners and they're thinking about their kids and they're dry cleaning and the thing they got to pick up. So like sometimes you don't have someone's complete attention. You have to drag them back. Um, and so it's like, okay, so nutrition wise, like obviously what you've been doing has been working for you. Now you did Weight Watchers, you saw some results, but then you gained back. Do you have any idea why you gained it back? They're going to probably say something to the extent of, well, I couldn't stick with it or I fell off, right? It's just like everything. Like, cool. So do you think it'd be important to have something that you could stick with for good so that you don't have to like lose weight? Because listen, anybody can get you to lose weight. Just stop eating and you lose weight. But that's not the point, right? Right. Okay, cool. So you want to have a sustainable solution that can work in the long run, right? Yeah. Right. Okay, cool. So um, do you feel like you need to have motivation to watch Netflix? Would you have a favorite show? And they'll say, you know, raising out, whatever. Right? And you're like, do you feel like you like, you kind of like the motivation to watch that? You're going to be like, all right, I'm going to do this. I'm going to watch Crazy Anatomy right now. I'm going to do this. And, then you, and you flake out. Do you ever have that issue? And they're like, no. I'm like, right. Because you like Brinson. Right? So what we need to do is make this so easy that you actually enjoy it. Because if you enjoy it, it's not something that takes any motivation or effort at all because you look forward to it. Does that make sense? Yes. And that's exactly what we're going to structure nutrition. Notice, I didn't talk about protein. I didn't talk about calories. I didn't talk like All we're doing is giving them a story of what it's going to feel like. They're going to say, yes, that's what I want. Great. Then we move on to the third point. And so at the end of the day, I could make you the perfect nutrition plan and perfect, you know, workout. But if you don't do it, nothing's going to happen, right? Right. Okay. So here's how we're going to try and guarantee that you don't fall off track. You want to know how? How? It's like, we're going to be with you every single step of the way. So how we're going to do this, is you're going to be in a group of peers. So we're going to use three different types of accountability. We're going to use social accountability, which just means you're going to be with people who are just like you, who are going through this with you. So you feel like you've got people walking with you shoulder and shoulder. You're also going to have our alumni, people who've already been through it, mentoring you, helping you out. And then on top of that, you're going to have expert accountability from someone like me who's done this with a thousand other clients. All right. And you're going to have my cell phone 24 hours a day, except for weekends. My wife does like me on Saturdays. Besides that, if you have any issues, you text me. All right. So if you have issues with the grocery store, you're not sure to eat at your, your daughter's birthday party, or you are, you know, you know what? You just, you're just staring at Ben and Jerry's in the fridge, even until your husband throw it out and you just want to do it. Right? Any of those situations, that's what we're here for. And that's why we have such a high success rate, right? And the reason, and then at that point, we'd probably transition into whatever the offer was going to be. Because it's like, so fitness-wise, you can work out here. Or I said that as a workout. If I was doing coaching, they'd be like, then we need to make this training sustainable. And I could use that same Netflix story for that as well. So we need to make it so that you actually look forward to doing it rather than you know dread doing it. 
do you ever like and with a food one you could do a different story story like hey it's really hard for you to not uh, to eat cake and they're like no it's not hard for me to eat cake it's like right so all we have to do is make you something that you actually enjoy and look forward to and then you won't need any willpower right because you only have so much willpower so we, all we have to do is just eliminate the willpower from the things that you're doing so that you can be successful and so once people kind of like understand that, then they're like, oh, this, is, this can actually work for me. So I'm like, as I'm doing this, I'm increasing their perceived likelihood of achievement. I'm decreasing their time effort, their, their sacrifice, at least time. I'm going to set realistic expectations. But with the other two, I'm, I'm slowly increasing these other three variables so that now when I make the offer and I'm going to make a compelling offer, it's going to be more likely that they're going to say yes. And so from that point, I'd be like, well, do you want to hear, uh, like, you know, where do you want to go from here? Usually they'll ask, well, how does this work? You know, what's the payment? They'll ask you to tell them. Well, it's pretty simple. You know, Um, it's 99 bucks a week. And given what you told me, you said you need to lose 40 pounds. We like to lose a pound a week because you said you didn't want to gain it back. Because we could do it in in 10 weeks, but you're going to definitely gain it back. I guarantee you. You want to do that? (laughs) Okay. So it'll take us probably 40 weeks uh, to get there, but I'll guarantee that you get there. And so that means it's 99 plus 40. So it's 4,000, right? Minus whatever. $40. $40. So 39, uh, 3960. Right. But when you pay this today, you know that you're going to be there because if you're not there by the end of that time, I'll continue to work with you for free. Fair enough. Great offer. And then at that point we start stepping down. Um, and usually either, either the bulk and this is something for anybody who's in fitness. I have a, a podcast about this, but you want the gasp. You want them to gasp at the price. I'm like I, I, I want like to too much. Yes, you yeah. want them to gasp because there's going to be 20 percent that are going to say yes and hand you their card and you'll be like, "Holy shit, that was awesome!" But the 80 percent who don't, which everybody needs to prepare for, is, is that you need to expect the gasp and shoot for the gasp. And if I can rewire everyone who's listening to this, if you can do that, then you take your fear away. You're going for the gasp, right? right? You're going for the gasp. Right. What a gasp does is it means that you've now ripped off the price anchor of what they thought it was going to be, even in that realm. And they start rationalizing in their head without even saying, well, I guess it could be that because I did want to do this. But like, wait, I mean, $4,000, that could be, you know what I mean? Like they start answering, well, do you know how most people do it just to save some money? It's like, yes, yes, I do that. I do want to know. It's like, well, if you want, a lot of people just prepay and they save 20%. So it saves you 600 bucks. Do you want to do that? And either say yes or no. And you're like, you know what? How about this? Why don't you just put half down and then it's only going to be 34 or whatever, you know, whatever half that, you know, is going to be per week. So then it's only 50 bucks a week. Fair enough. And so each time as we go down, we just make, we make a concession and we say, fair enough, make a concession. Fair enough. And the thing is, it's really hard for people in any kind of negotiation because people are very reciprocal in nature. If you give them someone, give someone something to someone, they want to reciprocate. Right. And so you say, you know what? Hmm. What if we did this instead? Fair enough. And you're not saying, does this sound amazing? Does it sound like the best program of your life? You just say, does that sound fair? And then you say, and you're like, oh, yeah, that's fair. And so by getting the yes from fair, then you're like, Great, let's knock out the paperwork and get you started. And so as soon as you do that, then it makes the transition to the close a lot easier. Because a lot of people don't know how to close. They just get super awkward and, and choked up. And so you just stop. <laughs> they ask you how the details work. You explain, listen. What I think is going to be best fit for you is this X, Y, Z. It's going to be the fitness nutrition accountability. Like I told you, you're going to be working with me specifically as your coach. If you're selling, if you have somebody else and it's, you know, you're going to be working with Johnny and he's amazing, which is actually better sometimes because you can edify them. And they're like, well, I can't talk to Johnny. It's like, was because Johnny 
wouldn't you want Johnny to not be talking to new customers all day, but actually spending all of his time and attention on you as a client? That's exactly why I'm here to talk. Like I'm kind of his gatekeeper. Does that make sense? So like you can always get around that kind of stuff. Right. And it sounds like everyone's going to be, everyone's going to be taking uh, vigorous notes on this. Cause it, you know, that, that process right there is like, it's almost impossible. It sounds like it's almost impossible to say no, but before we, I know we've gone through most of the closer uh, acronym before we do that. Any common in your experience, any common objections? And um, does that not usually come until you obviously get into the pricing? And are you going to go through some of those? Yeah. So one of the things that, in my opinion, if you sell very, very well, a lot of times you will not experience a lot in the offers very good. You will not experience a tremendous amount of obstacles. So um, over time, I got better and better and better at selling. I got fewer and fewer obstacles. You think it was the reverse. Like I got better and better at overcoming obstacles. But in fact, most of it, most of it happened before the sale. And so I like to think of it a lot like lawyers. Lawyers don't ask questions in trials that they don't already know the answers to. And so if I don't feel like someone is sold, I will continue to try and find what the thing that they're hung up on is before I bring up price. And so that takes, and that takes pattern recognition. And that takes, that just takes volume. Just like, you know, like, a client's two weeks into uh, you know learning how to squat and their form's a little shaky. And they're like, well, why don't I squat like you? And for every fitness professional, like I've been doing this for 10 years. Like, obviously, I'm, I've, I've got a lot more time under the ball. But for some reason, fitness professionals break this belief <coughs> or don't connect that sales is a skill just as much as squatting is. It's the same thing. It's just reps, right? And so if you're a little bit shaky, that's okay. You're going to recognize the pattern. You're going to grease the groove the same exact way, just like you know how to recover from a squat that's a little bit crappy and you can almost do it subconsciously without thinking. The same thing happens in a sale. You'll start noticing patterns in tonality. You'll start noticing people will, will give you a quick yes when you know that they're that you need to confront whatever that question was and dig deeper. Right? And that just takes some time and you'll start recognizing those things, which is why reporting all your sales is really important. If you're virtual or online, it's super easy. You should just record every sales call. And I like to actually start the call by saying, hey, I just want to let you know this is recorded. And this is just because we take notes. Your coach is going to be taking notes off our conversation. And we also use it for training. So we have new interns in one month. They can understand how to have a client intake. Uh, is that okay? Sure. And if they're like, well, no, it's like, well, then honestly, I would run the other way from any company that doesn't record these conversations because it's A, not compliant. Um, but B, it means they don't even care what your answers are. They're like, oh, okay. You know, and then all of a sudden you, you, can, you can get into it. Right. right. Um, in terms of explaining, so if we're in the closer, C, clarify, L, label, O, overview their past, S, sell their vacation, which is the three things we just went over. E is going to be explain away their concerns, right? Which is going to be obstacles, right? Yeah. Only three. There's a lot of threes, right? There's only three. There's price, there's decision maker, and there's stall, right? Uh, price is, oh my God, I can't afford that. That's not my budget. I have to check my finances, all of that kind of stuff. Uh, stall is, I need to think about it. I don't make decisions on the first uh, meeting, I'm not sure, blah, 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 that kind of stuff. Anything that's like, I just, I'm not going to make the decision right now. And then third is going to be um, decision maker, which is I need to talk to my spouse. I don't make decisions over $100. We have an agreement, right? All of uh, all of those types of things. And so instead of giving you like 100 drills on each of these right now, um, the first thing is from a pure theoretical perspective, if there's ever something that you should memorize in sales, it's it's explaining away these concerns. So when you're having these sales conversations, in my opinion, just having a question-based framework to think through is, especially if, you, if you have experience and you're doing this face-to-face, you're not going to be reading a script, right? And so just understanding what your kind of, your benchmarks or your, your come-home points 
that you need to hit your milestones on the way to getting the close. It's just understanding those questions. I have to clarify whether they're label them with a problem, overview their past experiences, get them in pain, and then ask them for permission and then sell the vacation. And then now we're in the, uh, explaining what the concerns. Um, fundamentally, we just have to, for price, get them to acknowledge that there is a value discrepancy, right? And it means they don't value what we're talking about enough. And so to break anyone's belief who's listening, if you were giving them a Ferrari that was brand new for $5,000, that was what you were selling them, do you think that they would be able to find the money? Even yes. if they didn't have it, do you think they would find the money? Yeah. Right. Of course. And so that means every person you talk to, if you made the value sufficient, not only even if they didn't have money, they would be able to find the money, which is why I think that you should approach every sale like it is closable. Right. I know that, uh, you know, Jordan Belfort, Wolf, uh, Wolf Washer, one of his things is like, it'll help you close 100% of people who are closable. The thing is, is you don't know who is and who isn't. And so it's useful in theory, but not in practice, in my opinion. It's in practice, you can't go into it. And, because you don't know who's closable and who isn't. And so, in my opinion, you should treat every sale like a perfect rep. Is that you're always going to meet with full tonality. You're going to always show your best, always have your energy, uh, and always follow this process. Because if you do it, you'll get better. If you do not follow this process consistently, you'll never get better at selling because you don't practice the same form. It's the same thing as exercise, right? right. And so, with price, all we're doing is talking about value. And so it's really painting more of the picture of the vacation, decreasing the time, effort, and sacrifice, and increasing the urgency that they need to use to make the decision, right? Just been struggling this forever. They're like, how, I mean, do you think that it's not worth? Because then you can start painting a fixture. Uh, there's, there's positive future pacing. There's also negative future pacing. Well, if you keep going the way that you have, Dorothy, you've been gaining five pounds a year for the last six years. So five years from now, you said you're 220. No. What happens if you're 250? And if you you are used to having a no because you don't freak out because you're an experienced salesperson, you can keep your tonality of empathy and genuine concern because you're really having to meet this person so that you can get them to see why their beliefs is wrong. You can't tell them they're wrong. You have to ask questions so that they can come to that conclusion because ultimately they have to make the decision. Otherwise, they're not going to change. And as a coach, you need them to be convicted that they're going to change, right? So you have to point out the clear, uh, poor beliefs that they have. You have to do that in the form of questions, right? Of how, like, do you think that for your kids, it's good that, like, would you want them to have a good example? Is that important to you? Like, well, of course it's important. It's like, well, do you, do you think your kids are worth it? Because, you know, if you're in an airplane, you put your first, you put your, your smash on before you put your kids on, Right. And so right now you said you've been, and this is where you go back to the overview and the past pains and you can use that as ammunition to keep increasing value and reminding them of why it's so important. So that's, that's price with, um, with, uh, stalls, it's going to be, you know, I need to think about it, et cetera. The biggest thing with stalls is simply getting someone to confront the decision. And the reason people don't like making decisions is because they don't like making mistakes. People are fine making decisions. They just like making mistakes. And so it's fear that gets people to not make the decision. And so our goal is to simply give them the decision-making variables to make the decision because they just don't know how. And so my always first response to that is, what's your main concern? So they're like, well, I need to think about it. We're like, totally, what's your main concern? It's like, I'm not even I'm not even acknowledging that, that you're saying <laughs> you need to think about it. What's your main concern? Sometimes you'd be surprised. It's like, you know, four days a week seems like a lot. Well, it's like, well, why don't we start with three days a week and then we can go up from there? Fair enough. And they're like, oh, 
Okay. Well then, yeah, sure. Sometimes it's minor. Sometimes it's why well, I don't make decisions on, and then they start to escalate. And that's where you need to de-escalate. You're like, totally understand. So in terms of making the decision, what do you think the main variables are going to be? Right. And we already know they have to believe the product's going to work. They want to, they want to work with us and they believe in the company, right? Those are the three, right? So it's like, do you believe that if you work with me, you'd be closer to your goal than if you did it? Yes or no? Yes. Great. Question is, do you want to work? Fair question, right? And you might be like, yes or no, right? And then finally, do you think that we're a legit company that's going to be here in, in, in 12 months? You're not just handing money to a stranger, right? Yes. Okay, well, then let's do it, right? And then if you want, that's where I would just tack on some sort of guarantee to push them over the edge because they're afraid. Right? So that's where you push on. It's like, you know what? And I'll tell you what. If you are in any way dissatisfied in the first six weeks, I'll give you the money back, all right? And I'm only doing this because I just know that you're not going to pay. I always include a money back guarantee purely on satisfaction. You don't know how many times I've given that uh, that guarantee back? No, two. And that actually was my actual set. I had two people ask me for a money back guarantee um, and I closed zillions of people who are on the edge just by giving it. So if you don't have a guarantee, you should. The third is going to be the um, uh, spouse. Spouse, so thank you. Yeah. The spouse, this is one of the hardest ones to overcome. Because fundamentally, they're saying they don't have the decision-making power. And so what you have to do is rely on past agreements to, to infer that they did have decision-making power all along. They just didn't know it. All right. So the first thing we ask is the, is the easy one. Because one out of three will just say yes, and you can knock it out. They're like, hey, well, I mean, and if, this is if you have like a more alpha person that you're talking to. It's like, well, I mean, what if your wife says no? What if she doesn't give you permission? Permission, right? Put that word in there. Like a child. Um, and they're like, well, I mean, I'd do it anyways. It's like, right, let's just knock it out. And then you just boom, overcome it. Now, if they say, well, then I wouldn't be able to do it. It's like, well, then, well, let me ask you a question. Does your husband know that you're dissatisfied with how you currently look and feel? Yes. Do you think he approves of that? How you look and feel? Do you think he approves of how, how you're feeling about this? Is he happy that you feel this way? No. Well, then why would he disapprove of something that you're doing to fix that? That he'd already doesn't approve of. And so it's, it's, it's relying on past agreements to extrapolate into the current situation. Right. And then finally we'll hit him with a, uh, um, Hey, sometimes it's better to ask for forgiveness than permission. Right. Uh Um, and so that's like, if they're like kind of on the edge, we'll just knock them over. And so that's the end of the third. And that's a three-step process that we use for almost every spouse overcome. And it works uh, very well. I mean, is this all in the Jim Watch Secrets book? Yep, it's in the book. It's in all of our trainings. Yep. Man, this is. Uh, I mean, if you just just script that out, put it on your desk. <laughs> I mean, right? Like you've just come over. You've just overcome everyone's uh, objections to every sales pitch in the world. Ultimately, especially in the fitness realm, and I think a lot of fitness people are going to leverage this and ultimately help a lot of people because I think sometimes sales comes across as like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to, I don't want to be pushy. But at the end of the day, we're so indecisive. People just don't know what they want. They don't know what they don't want. They need somebody to take them by the horns and go, Hey man, you need this. And when they're done, they're going to thank you. Sometimes it's like, I'm just going to push you off the fence because you're not going to get off on your own. Most people are, are just lazy, indecisive, and are honestly, as you say, don't believe in themselves. Whereas me, if I'm a coach and I'm saying, hey, I'm telling you, if you follow this, you'll get that. Um, I mean, why not? You're just, you know, my belief, I'm 100% confident I'm going to get your results. So let's do this. 
one of the stories that I tell around accountability, um, so I have a story for each of these, right? One is the Netflix story. The other is, you know, eat cake story. And the third is um, the cake is nutrition. Netflix is account- is uh, is uh, for the workouts. Like if you look forward to it, you like it, you'll do it, right? The third is for accountability. Um, I say, hey, you know, when you were a kid, right? Do you ever, um, do you ever complain about brushing your teeth? You're like, I don't want to brush my teeth, right? When you're really young, right? Of course, right? Many, many of us did. But what happened? Your parents were like, Johnny, go to your, go to, go to the bathroom, brush your teeth, and go to bed, right? And, and you did that. And you did it over and over and over again. And do you brush your teeth now? And they're like, oh, yeah. And like, right. And so what that was is in the beginning, you needed external motivation and accountability. And eventually it became internal. All right. And that's the goal of this whole program is that in the beginning, you're going to need to rely on me. And that's okay. That's what I'm here for, right? I'll, I'll pull you in the beginning and then eventually there'll be a flip. And then at that point I'll be behind you and just be blowing and your sales will start setting and you'll be uh, off and running. Right. But it's just that transition It's just getting you off the ground. Right. And that's the point of the accountability. Right. So like each of those, when we tell those stories, people understand it. Right. Cause you know, alumni and groups and one-on-one texting, like those are features, not benefits. Right. But the story illustrates the outcome. And that's why it's important to tell the story with those little things. And it's 30 seconds, just like it is. It's 30 seconds to tell the story, but then it resonates. But um, the one thing that I have to just say overall is that the number one factor that will, that will influence your closing rate is your tonality. It's how you say the words. It's not words you say. And so to the same degree, I could give you Chris Rock's stand-up comedian script, and you get on stage and you bomb because it's all about the delivery. And so there's two ways to get your delivery to be perfect. One is to train yourself. The other is to trick yourself. So it takes time. It takes reps to train tonality. Where where are we going to lower our voice so that they know that what we're saying right now is really important? Or where are we going to raise our voice at the end so that you think I'm asking you a question? But I'm not asking you a question. But by doing that, there's these subtle t- intonalities, or these tonalities that communicate just as much, if not more, than the words you're saying. The words are talking to the logical brain. The tone is talking to the emotional brain, which is making the decisions. And so, one, you can train yourself to understand the tonality that you need to go through at different points, right? Like, when you're, when you're making the close, I'm like, fair enough. Raise my voice. I seem unthreatening. And I feel like I just made a concession. And so, I could say apples and potatoes. And they know that I'm asking the question that they're supposed to say yes to by how I said it. Right. And so it's not just the words, it's learning how to say the words. And so when you can train them, which you should, we practice an hour a day for our teams. Right. But on the flip side, you can trick yourself. And the way that you trick yourself, I just use trick and train because it's easy to remember, but it's not really tricky. Right. Is what you do is you read the testimonials that you have from the clients that you've worked with. You read them out loud. You don't read them to yourself. And I'm, I'm telling you, you read them out loud before you get on the phone call with the new prospect. If you read 10, or 15 testimonials, and you realize the impact that you make in people's lives, you will get on the phone with full conviction. When you have full conviction, your tonality will always be perfect. Where you get in trouble is when you you just get off the phone with somebody who's upset, they didn't have a good experience for whatever reason, and then all of a sudden, you bring that into the sale, right? And of course, you're not going to close because you have no conviction, and then your tonality is off because on some level, you're saying, I'm going to help you, but your tonality says, no, I'm not. And so that's where people get lost in the sale. They're like, I said everything the way you said. It's like, you didn't say the way I said, you said the words I said. And that's what's different. And that's, where, that's what separates people who are you know, really good and professionals from people who are just starting out. But the fastest way to get from, from starting out to closing a really high percentage is to be convicted. 
I'm sure some of you guys have seen coaches who are selling MLM you know, products and have no idea what they're talking about. But they sell like crazy. Why? Because they believe it. And most people, believe it or not, do not, are not, do not have malicious intentions. They are good natured and they are selling what they believe because that probably has worked for them. They don't believe in the logical fallacy of that just because it worked for you doesn't mean it's for everyone, but that's okay. That's where they're at right now. We don't need to, you know, throw, throw rocks at them. Instead, let's look at what they're doing better than us and see if we can hack that into using it as a weapon for us to help more people. Just to close the closing loop, I don't know that you, you, um, finished the R. Yeah. Yeah. So the R is, and the reason I always, I feel like I almost forget it is the R I actually ended up adding after the fact because close was the acronym. The R is reinforce the decision. And so this is kind of right after the sale happens. People make a decision on whether or not they like you, the company, and they're going to continue to buy from you. And they, they're making their first impression in the first 48 hours after the sale. And so you can, you can lament that or you can take advantage of that for your, I mean, to your advantage, right? And so uh, by reinforcing the decision, that's by doing the soft touches. So that's send them a personalized video saying, hey, I'm super excited to work with you. And if it's a coach and you have a salesman who's separate, the coach send the video. Uh, you could take a picture of the Zoom call. We have them you know, doing thumbs up and then put a handwritten card, like screenshot it, put it on a card and send it. There's apps that do that for two bucks called Felt, uh, Felt Card app. Uh, anyways, you can do that. It's, these are easy little things you can send them a t-shirt and swag. And, and the reason that's important is because you need them to make an identity shift. You need them to start thinking, I'm no longer this overweight person. I'm now somebody who's, who is a person who's beginning to prioritize their fitness and health. And if you can get them to shift their identity, habits come as a result. And I think you and I briefly talked when you're at my house about how it's so much harder to create habits than it is to change someone's identity. Once someone changes their identity, then the natural habits that would go in alignment with that identity, they do, ne- they do on their own. So it's more important for us as coaches, this is my, you know, my belief, is that if we can get someone to make an identity shift, then the rest of it's downhill compared to trying to get somebody who identifies as somebody who's overweight and always fails to then try and get them to force themselves or willpower themselves through it, which they'll never succeed because we only have a finite amount of work. Incredible, man. So you started in this industry uh, just owning your own gym. Is that where it started? And, and you've built yeah. this, you, you know, your story is pretty awesome. I'd love to have you share it because I think... You know, not that you need to establish credibility at this point, but I think it's be super interesting for people to hear your journey, how it went from I'm gonna guess as a personal trainer to owning your own gyms and then being um, a very successful entrepreneur helping thousands and thousands of coaches around the world. So um, I had a an atypical path. So I started as a management consultant. Uh, so I worked space cyber and intelligence for the military for two years. I uh, hated it. Saved enough money to start my first gym when I uh, which was sixty thousand dollars. I could- say that one more time. Space cyber intelligence. Space, cyber, and intelligence. Sorry. Um, so it was a, that was the three areas that we focused on in the management consulting firm that I worked for. It was a, a public sector. So we were DOD. That's kind of Got it. Got it. So when I was coming out of college, I was like, this sounds interesting. Um, but it was a lot less interesting <laughs> when I got into it. Uh, or just, I just knew it wasn't going to be something that I wanted to do for the rest of my life. And so um, anyways, but I was, I, was, I was fortunate enough to be able to save about $60,000 in two years just working that job. Um, and then I drove across the country in the middle of the night and packed all my stuff and told my parents when I was halfway across the country so they could stop me. Um, and uh, from there, I uh, pulled up at a gym owner's that I had emailed 40 guys on the internet who seemed like they had gyms and he was the only one who got back to me. And I just showed up at his front doorstep and I said, I'll work for free. And he said, sure. And I worked for free for three months and then I opened my first location. Um, I didn't have enough money for rent. So I slept on the floor for the first nine months. Um, at the gym. Uh, but, you know, fortunately, 
I'd gone to a marketing seminar two weeks before I opened my gym. Um, and I learned about this thing called Facebook ads. This was 2013. And so very fortunate that I ended up going to that conference. I spent $3,000 of money that I didn't have to go. Who was the conference? It was, uh, it was, I mean, it was a really moral workshop. It was like 10 people for, uh, for 3000 a pop. And it was like in a Vegas penthouse. And here I am sitting in a beast mode t-shirt with all these. Was it any, any marketer that you still uh, follow? Yeah. So Travis Jones, he was, uh, uh, I'm not sure if he's still doing gym coaching, but he was at that time. I think he's got 10 or 15 gyms in Australia, yeah. um, in the U S holding this workshop. And so, um, he basically taught how to make an ad and click it to a landing page. And that was the, that was the whole workshop. Um, and I didn't, I didn't have a business at all. And all these other guys were like real business owners. And I was like way over my head. Um, but he did say something to me that has always stuck with me since. And it's actually in the book that you, that you read beforehand. Um, is that he's like, you want to know the secret to sales? And I was like, yeah. He said, make people an offer so good that they feel stupid saying no. And for some reason, when he said that to me, and I'd never sold anything, I was actually literally understanding the term sales. Like I didn't even know that that was a, th- I truly, I can't like, like, I didn't know that that was a thing. Like I didn't know sales was an industry, like just to show you how like out of the world I was. Um, and so I was just like writing this down and I circled it and I was like, okay, that's what I have to do. But what was interesting is that once that happened, it totally anchored my worldview on sales is that I just need to keep making my offer and better and better and better and better so much so that if people aren't saying, yes, I need to keep making the offer better. Yes, of course, you need to learn persuasion. Yes, of course, you need to learn tonality and all and storytelling, all those types of things. So th- those are things that will enhance your ability to get people to say yes. But fundamentally, if your offer is terrible, it's much more difficult to get people to say yes, unless you have a track record, which if you're starting, you don't. And so you have to compensate for probably a lack of track record, a lack of persuasion skills with a better offer. And so that was kind of what started my foray into understanding offer structures and monetization, which... I obviously wrote a book about, so there's, <laughs> I, could, I could talk about that forever, but to stay on track with the original question from there, I was able to, uh, you know, I slept on the floor for a long time. The gym grew by 5,000 a month, every month, for the first nine months. Um, by the ninth month, I had the whole thing out first, even though I was sleeping there. Um, so it was very profitable at that point. Um, and then from there, I opened a new location every six months off the cash flow. And so, um, I ended up with six, six gyms in three years. Um, that ran the same model, which is a little bit of a backwards model instead of running low barrier offers and dollar trials and things like that, which was come, I flipped the offers and sold really expensive stuff up front because I knew that that would get people more invested. Um, they would be, they would pay attention to what we were doing, be more likely to see results. And they were actually twice as likely to convert into ongoing members. And with that, because they were getting, they were paying me more up front, I was able to spend way more than my competition on marketing. So these guys were trying to break even on a $20 trial and I was making $1,000 or $600 in the first 14 days from a new client. So I was able to massively outspend uh, my competition. And at that point, acquisition was no longer the bottleneck in my business. It was just operations, which I think is everybody's dream is all you're focused on is scaling your backend rather than how do I get new customers? Was that the offer you spoke of in the book of the $600 for six weeks? That was the, that was the, that was the home run Grand Slam. Offer. That was the first Grand Slam offer that I ever made. I've probably made four in my life. That was the first one. That was when I understood the power of offers. I'll, I'll explain it to everybody on here if you want. So the, I didn't, I didn't, I adapted part of this. So when I was with that gym owner that I told you who was in, uh, that I, I drove over to, he was a mastermind guru. So he had like 20 gyms or something in his mastermind. I didn't even own it. And I signed up for his mastermind. <laughs> and when I was there, one of the guys, the mastermind said, I've got this offer that's working pretty well for me right now. I'm doing this eight week, uh, 
a challenge where if someone uh, hits their goal, um, I give them their money back, but they leave me a testimonial, right? That was what he said, right? And so then I went to um, Sam, who was the owner, and I said, hey, we should do something like that, you know, here. And so um, he then adapted that to be a six-week challenge for semi-private training. And I was like, I'll bet you that we could sell this to mass market in groups for for six hundred dollars. And he's like, "There's no way someone's paying six hundred dollars for boot camp." He's like, "There's like they were paying they were at ninety nine bucks a month." He's like, "There's no way they're paying six hundred dollars for six weeks." I was like, "They don't know the difference in terms of the vehicle; they just know the outcome. If someone knows that they can lose twenty pounds in six weeks, then they're good, they're going to do it." Um, and so that ended up it's like there were like three more. First, it was an eight week thing where you it was a testimonial was given, then it became a six week semi private thing, and then it morphed into uh, the large group thing, which is one uh, I kind of put my little spin on it. And how many is in a large group? I mean, unlimited as many people as you could fit in the facility. So it'd be, it'd be everything that probably the majority of your audience doesn't like, but uh, it's it's large group training, time time circuits, just going around. The thing is, is that for the vast majority of general population, they just need to move, right? And if they're yeah. enjoying music and they actually want to keep going, then if I get someone to walk 10 minutes a day for the rest of their life, I'd consider myself a success, you know what I mean, yeah. in terms of interventions. I, I think shifting that for for the for the exercise purists might be useful. But anyways, with that offer, then it was like, okay, well, well I don't want to give everyone their money back because that would suck because we got tons of people to hit the goal because they're putting money down that they're going to lose X amount of weight next week. So compliance went through the roof. They got crazy before and after pictures, crazy testimonials. They had to leave a review. There's all these things that we put into it. Uh, so we actually got tons of social, all this great stuff came from it. But it was like, gosh, I got to fix this back end. <coughs> then, and then I went to a different gym owner, Justin Blum from Raw Fitness. He's a franchise owner now. Um, and offhandedly, I spent the whole day with him and I was just trying to get that. I was like, something's, something's missing. And he was like, yeah. He's like, and if they hit it, he's like, we just credit it for the rest of the year and just roll it into a membership. And I was like, that's what it is. And so that's when I, they would hit the goal and I would take the 600 and I'd spread it over 12 months and they'd get 50 bucks off a month uh, from that point going forward. And so if you met, if you follow the money, we'd make $600 and then immediately they would roll right into continuity and pay. So there was actually never a break in payment. We'd get a crazy free offer that got crazy results at tons of cash up front and converted people in the back end at twice the regularity of a trial. That became the strongest acquisition system in the gym industry. And that's what gym launch. Did you have to, did you have to clarify that? Cause that sounds like it's a little bit, um, you're like, well, you're getting your money back, but you, you have to clarify that it's going to be in, in credit. Yeah. So yeah. we, I mean, this was, this was a series of adaptations. You know what I mean? In the beginning it was cash back and then it became credit back and then we'd be credit over the term. But the thing is, is that when we explained it in the, in the sale, uh, we'd say, look, are you here for short term? Are you just here for a quick fix? Or do you want long term results? And they, almost everyone says, I want long term results. It's like, cool. Cause that's who we're looking for. So here's the deal. We're going to, we're going to do this and we're, we believe in our process so much. We're going to give you this entire six weeks free if you just adhere. Right. And the reality is that was at the halfway point, we'd actually give them the whole credit, even if they weren't on track. And so that way people could still feel, because no, one, we wouldn't know if anyone actually hit the goal at week three. Right. And so we'd say, listen, are you in this for the, lo- the long term or are you in this for the short term? We just repeat the same thing. And they're like, I'm in this for the long term. We're like, great. And that means you won the challenge because that's the point. The weight loss is just, it's just part of, part of getting there. But the point is understanding that it's not about six weeks. Right. If we get that, then we're like, great. So let's just, let me just give you a big discount on staying here uh, and just credit this forward. Fair enough. Great. And then just like that, we can put everyone from the front end to the back. And how much was your, your back-end continuity at that point, monthly? At that point, for large group, we'd, we'd do it at uh, $250 a month, which we'd knock down to $199 with the, 50 buck, with the $50 discount. And you're still using this model today in Gym Watch? 
So the offer structure, we, yeah, there's some of our guys use it still. It depends on the market. Um, but the overarching structure we have used with every offer we've ever made, um, which there are four steps to a massive monetization structure. Would you like me to walk through them? <laughs> I was, you read my mind, man. You knew where I was going. So, so when you're structuring the offers, this is what I. This is after me reviewing every offer we've ever made across all the markets, across all the business sectors, B two B, B two C, everything. The ones that were the grand slams, we're talking lightning striking twice, hit the lottery, jackpot type wins, offers. Um, say all the same four step process. The first is that they had a free or discounted front end. And that means that there's something that's free that's being advertised because when you do that, you get the most amount of people who are interested, the most amount of inbound increase, comments, clicks, opt-ins, et cetera. Right? So you get the cheapest amount in the highest volume of leads. That's step one. Step two is we'd have some sort of upfront cash offer. So there's eight different ways that I, that I write about structuring these offers. The one that we just went over is one of those eight. It's a deposit method. Um, where you get the person to put money down and then they get the money back at the end, they do X, Y, and Z. That's one of them. Another one, for example, would be that they come in for a free thing and you say, listen, there's a free version and there's a paid version. Here's 20 reasons why the paid version is better. And then people are like, you know what? I really want the paid one with the guarantee and all that other stuff. And so then you upsell, right? Another way of doing it would be uh, something I call invisible freight, which is they come in and you say, hey, we're going to do this program um, and you can either pay now and pay $500 um, or... You can pay after the whole program's over. And if you don't think it was worth $1,000, you don't have to pay. But a lot of people will take the discount and pay today, right? And so that's just another offer structure. And so there's eight different offer structures that you can use with free to get people to pay money up front and be compliant in advertising, right? And so the first concept is the upfront cash. We do that so we can liquidate the acquisition cost, meaning the cost of co cost it, how much it costs us to pay the advertising platforms, Facebook, et cetera and our sales guys, commissions, so we can actually make money getting customers. That's number one. Number uh, two, the second part of this, so actually technically the third, sorry, there's the free component, there's the upfront cash. The third is the upsell, downsell. So to maximize the value of every customer, we always have upsell and downsell different options on top of their packages so we can get a higher average ticket, right? And so the easiest thing to do for just about every coach is to, is to add in supplements because people are going to buy them anyways. I could spend 90 minutes selling you on why they're going to buy them anyways, but I can just promise you 78% of Americans already buy supplements. Um, they're already going to buy a fish roll. They're already going to buy a multivitamin. They're already going to buy a protein. Um, you know, if you want them to take BCAs and creatine and some other things that you think are going to help them, um, what we also know is that people who take the upsells are more likely to stay with you and be compliant and they lose the most weight and get the best results. And I'll be the first to admit, and I'm wearing a prestige lab shirt at our supplement company, it's not because of the supplements. It's because of conviction in the buy-in. They are more invested. They paid. Now they're paying more attention. And, and they get a daily reminder of like, oh, I'm, I'm committed. That's my, my daily exactly. tangible reminder. Exactly. It's way more process. Or it's way more process beneficial than it is the chemicals in their body. But as coaches, in my opinion, we should use every tool in our arsenal. If, you know, Dr. Kashi wants to, he's still very connected about making placebo, placebo brand supplements. That just all of them are placebo and pre-workout, placebo, post-workout, everything. Because yes. uh, he's like, it is the most studied of all supplements of all time. And it's proven to be more effective than prescription drugs. You know what I mean? And, and, and it's true. And if you can use an effect that is more powerful than prescription drugs, why would you not do that as a coach? Right? <laughs>
I could just picture him. No, he, goes off, he, goes not, he goes off on it. Um, but we, as business owners, need to also understand that there's there's a monetary component of the business. We have to pay people, right? And so if we have, we have to incur other costs, like doing nutrition orientations and grocery store reports and things like that, then we should find a way to be able to cover that cost and profit off that payroll. And one of the ways is to make recommendations on supplements. I'm not saying hard selling people. I'm just saying, hey, hey, these are the things that are going to get you the best results with the program, which is true because we already know that because of all the things I just said, right? What flavor do you want? Don't ask them if they want it. Ask them what flavor. And all of a sudden, they'll assume they have to do it. And you say, hey, do you want to shoot the card you have on file? They'll say yes. And you close the sale and you don't have to do it. It, it makes it much more seamless. Just FYI, everybody's selling supplements. The, um, uh, and <laughs> I wrote a half book on selling supplements. I won't even get to it. Um, the third piece, after you've done the upsells and downsells, so that could be adding in the oil for apparel, other things that work, you know, fitness accessories, things like that, that they're going to, they might want. Third thing is going to be getting them into continuity, right? And so we sold them this upfront program because people want to buy an outcome, not a membership. So we sell them the outcome. It's the dream, right? We sell it for more than they would normally pay on a recurring basis. People pay $1,200 for 12 weeks all day long, but then they balk at a $99 a month membership because one feels like forever and the other feels like a defined outcome. So capitalize on that human nature, sell the most upfront when it costs you the most to get them in, right? And then upsell or downsell them the other things that are going to help them on their journey. Then halfway through, before they finish that first thing, then sell them the second thing. Don't wait till it concludes because at that point you have to resell them. If they're in the middle of kind of this open loop, then all you do is you open another loop and you start them from there. And then of course you want to make an irresistible offer to get them to, uh, to get them to convert over. And that's where you can say, Hey, I'll give you half of your credit towards staying with me. Um, if you want, I'll actually give you more stuff. There's lots of different ways you can combine that. Uh, which I use a lot of discount offers on the back end. And so with that three-step process, I've used this for business coaching. I've used this for supplement sales. I've used this for uh, acquiring customers at gyms, chiropractors, dentists, because now we work with a zillion different businesses. But um, that four-step offer structure is what gets the most people in the door, maximizes lifetime value, and keeps them uh, paying and staying long-term. You're making me want to go and, and like implement these or actually do these strategies at my gym, which Lord knows I'm not going to do. But that, that leads to my next question is how do I train someone to go through this process? Is it just like, Hey, go read Alex's book. Yeah. That would, uh, that's the, that's the simplest and fastest way of doing it. Uh, the, uh, it's uh, right now there's a hundred books a month that get sold with zero paid advertising. So, and it's been doing that for a year. So you and I talked, it's like, how can we make something so good that people just always be telling their friends about it? Um, yeah. My goal is that every gym owner and every fitness professional should have that in their hands. Like it is the, I honestly don't feel like it's my book. It's the distilled learnings from serving 4,000 gym owners and by extension, 15,000 trainers and serving millions of, of end users. So like, this book is the way to do it. Um, and so it's not really my opinion. It's just like, this is the data and this is what works. And so use, use it. So the book is Jim Launch Secrets. Uh, Jim, so you got another one coming out. Magic Offers. Looking forward to that. Obviously, I'm reading it. I have behind the scenes access. But I highly suggest everyone, as soon as that comes out, head out and get it. And I will make sure we have you back on to talk about it. Anything else that you want to direct people to? I'm sure there's gym owners listening who go, how the hell do I hire this guy and his team? <laughs> you can... Um you can probably go to gymlaunchsecrets.com forward slash quiz. I think that's uh, that's one of our links. Otherwise, you can go to alexsbook.com or alexsgroup.com. You just type my name in, you'll find us. So. <laughs>
Yeah. And, uh, and like I said, uh, incredibly impressed with you, who you are as a human being, uh, with your business mind and your mission to help so many people. So thank you for your time. I know you're a busy man. I'm super grateful as are our listeners. I super appreciate it. I always love my BPAC time. Thank you to the audience for giving me your attention. I appreciate it. Thanks, brother. All right, everybody. That's a wrap. I know you love this conversation. If you're someone who's in the fitness industry, reach out to Alex, go get his book. Do not wait, go get it now. And a special shout out to our sponsors, Real Mushrooms, giving you the highest quality mushrooms that exist anywhere in the world. No fillers, no grains, no artificial ingredients, just the purest, highest quality products you can get. And an amazing discount of 30% off. Head over to realmushrooms.com slash Ben. Use the code Ben for 30% off your first order. And thank me later. Have a great day, guys. Thank you so much for being here. As always, I appreciate your support as we continue to grow this podcast in 2021. One of the top focuses is going to be getting the best guests. So we'll be doing quite a bit of research on how we can really solidify this message for you and always make sure you're learning at least one thing. If you did learn at least one thing, if it's ever person like to help other people share this podcast with at least one person, you know, that will benefit and love the muscle intelligence mission and the message. Have a great day, guys. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much for tuning into Muscle Intelligence. If you enjoyed today's episode, please be sure to share it with at least one person you know. Make sure you're subscribed so you never miss an episode. This podcast is for information purposes only. The statements and views on this podcast are not medical advice. This podcast, including Ben Bikulski and the producers, disclaim responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. This podcast may contain paid endorsements or advertisements for products or services. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or indirect financial interest and products or services referred to herein. If you think you have a medical problem, consult a licensed physician.